Uh, I want you to go ahead and open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, uh, beginning, uh, we're going to read verses 10 and 11 again, but my focus is going to be on verse 12 uh, this morning. Now normally on uh, Valentine, or the week of Valentine, normally... I would uh, be preaching on uh, marriage, or I'd be preaching on biblical love, and you know, especially when Valentine falls on that particular Sunday. And so that's normally what I would preach on, and it's something certainly uh, that we need to hear. It's something that we certainly need to focus upon. But I do feel like we need to uh, continue on with this study uh, through the armor of God. I, I, I get delayed in it uh, just a little bit, and so as I get delayed in that, I, I do want to go ahead uh, and, and get through this. Uh, Easter's coming, and we've got a revival coming, and uh, I, I want us to be prepared. Amen. I want us to be ready for that, and we're going to have uh, uh, so many good things that are going to be in store, uh, store for us, but we do uh, need to be ready. We do need to be prepared. Amen. So as we look at it this morning, uh, we're going to continue to look at this. We're going to look at our struggle this morning, and so realizing and understanding as we look here in the Word of God that we do have a struggle. Amen. Yes, even Christians have a struggle. Even Christians have that battle that we have to endure, that battle that we have to face. But praise God that as Christians, the battle's already been won. The war's already been won. We just need to know it. We need to walk in it. Amen. But there is a battle that, that we need to recognize. There is a war that is being waged even for the child of God. And so as we look here in Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 10, we find here in the Word of God, it says, Finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Let me stop right there just for a minute. Uh, for a minute. And just remind you that a couple of weeks ago, I talked about how our strength doesn't come for our, from ourselves. Our, our strength doesn't come from within. Our strength doesn't come from our power and from our might and from our own will and from our own knowledge and from our own wisdom. And uh, anything that we have, whatsoever that our strength comes from His power, our strength comes from His might. And so we need to be reminded of that. And then verse 11 says, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. And so again, last week I talked about the importance of standing our ground, the importance of standing firm. And remember last week I talked about how we stand firm in a defensive position. We stand firm defending our territory and defending the kingdom of God. And the reason why that we stand in that position of defense is because we're defending the victory that's already been won. Amen. We, we are standing firm in a position of victory. And we realize that. We don't, rec we don't, we don't fail to recognize that though we stand firm from a position of victory. We do recognize that our struggle is real. Our struggle is very alive. Our struggle is very much real. In verse 12 then, uh, we look as we're going to look this morning, says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces 
of this darkness uh, against uh, uh, the, the world forces of this darkness and, and the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. And so as we look at this and as we begin to recognize this, that yes, we have a struggle. And I talked last week a little bit about what that struggle is. And the word struggle there is, is a, a word used for wrestling. It's a wrestling match. And the point of that wrestling match is to take your opponent and literally cast your opponent down to the ground to where as you have wrestled with that opponent and they have been utterly defeated and you cast them down to the ground now you have victory over them you have won the battle you have won uh, the challenges so we recognize as we stand in a position of victory the devil still wants to come after us and as the devil still wants to come after us what he wants us to do or what he wants to do to us rather is cast us to the ground to where he can be victorious over us. Now as we begin to recognize this and begin to understand that as we fight this battle, as we fight this struggle, remember verse 10, to be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might and remember that as we stand firm we're standing firm having put on the full armor of God so that then and only then you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil amen and so as we begin to think about this and understand what we recognize is that yes we do have a struggle we do have a battle and we don't need to ignore the fact that that struggle and that battle is very much real. And so if we're going to win the battle, if we're going to be successful in the battle and be successful in the Lord, we need a biblical perspective of where our struggle is and we also need a biblical perspective of how to fight that battle. Amen. That's why we're looking at the full armor of God. And so today as we talk about the biblical perspective of where our struggle is, we are looking at the fact that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Then we need to understand that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle is not against mankind. And the more we understand that our struggle is not against other men and other women, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, the more we understand that, the more we comprehend that, the more engaged that we're going to be in true warfare, true spiritual warfare, the more we don't understand that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, the less engaged in spiritual warfare we're going to be, and the more engaged in battling one another we're going to be, and the more of a failure we're going to be. Amen? Because we're not battling the true battle. We're not fighting the true fight. Instead, Satan has us distracted, and he has us fighting against flesh and blood. Our struggle is not an intellectual struggle. Amen? There are individuals that have been caught up in things of the devil that are very intelligent. They're extraordinarily educated. They're extraordinarily intelligent. Their problem isn't a matter of intelligence. Their problem is a spiritual problem. It is a spiritual battle. Our problem is not philosophical. We, we could have a philosophical argument and we could talk over these and we could strategize over these and we can come and have this full-fledged discussion because how many times have you heard in our society all we need to do is have a discussion? 
Well, we're having discussions, but the discussion on my side is that you just need to come in total compliance and total agreement with me. And then the discussion on the other side is that, no, you just need to come in total compliance and total agreement with me. And in the midst of that, uh, that discussion, we're at loggerheads and we're, we're not getting anywhere. We're not getting anywhere. We're not moving forward. In the midst of that discussion, because it's a discussion that is battling against flesh and blood. And so what we need to do, friends, we need to have a spiritual discussion, absolutely. And we need to have a spiritual conversation, absolutely. But until we come to that point of the conversation, then friends, we're not going to get anywhere. And you say, well, they will never listen. Well, friends, I want you to know some of the most hardened atheists that the world has ever seen has come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and become born again Christians that are on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. I look at men like Lee Strobel, Lee Strobel, who was a, who was a hardened atheist that didn't want to hear anything about the things of God until he began researching the truth and his wife was praying for his salvation and then all of a sudden he realized that this is truth and he had a radical salvation experience and today he is an on fire born again believer in Jesus Christ I look at men of God like Josh McDowell and Josh McDowell was going to law school he had some friends that were Christians and he was going to try to disprove to them their foolish uh, thought their foolish belief and try to disprove the Bible try to prove that the Bible wasn't true and in turn he found out that the Bible really is true and he came to a radical salvation experience in Jesus Christ then he put his faith in Jesus Christ and so we see that God has done it and God will do it you're looking at a man right here that didn't want to hear anything about the gospel don't you tell me about Jesus don't you tell me about your religion I don't want to hear it I don't believe those things until one day Jesus Christ invaded my life and he put me down to the ground and he brought me to the point to where I said yes to Jesus and then today I'm a born again believer in Jesus Christ and there's not a word in here that you can't tell me is not true amen and so when we begin to think about that and begin to look at that, friends, when we engage things in a spiritual battle, we engage things in a spiritual manner, then God does things that we just can't even comprehend and can't even begin to understand right now. Because as we look at this and we begin to think about this, friends, we are in a spiritual battle. And fighting that battle in the flesh, all it's going to do is lead to division. All it's going to lead to is destruction. And all it's going to lead to is discouragement. Amen? And so when we fight the flesh and we fight one another, even Satan's even good at getting Christians to fighting against other Christians. Amen? Getting us distracted. I remember I was on the internet one time watching a, a, a video of watching somebody sing a song and man, it was just such a beautiful song and song I loved and I was sitting there listening to that song and just having a great worship experience, just having a wonderful experience just worshiping the Lord and I listened to it multiple times and you know, as, so as I was listening to that song and just worshiping, I did something, I always tell myself, don't do it. 
don't know if it's me or the Holy Spirit or what, but just said, don't do it. Don't read the comments below. Don't ever read the comments below. Amen. Just stay, just ignore those comments. But I didn't listen. And so I started reading the comments, and a lot of people saying, well, praise the Lord. A lot of people saying, you did such a wonderful job in that. A lot of people were uh, having the same experience. I was just a wonderful worship time, and just giving God praise, honor, and glory. And then sure enough, there was one guy in there that he had to speak up. Now, he was from the denomination of non-denominationalism, and so as he was from the denomination of non-denominationalism, he just so happened to notice that the individual that sang that song was a Baptist and doubt how dare he be a Baptist because all he's doing by being a Baptist is bringing about division. Well, there was no division until he brought that up. Now don't get me wrong, I've got a lot of friends and loved ones, people I love dearly, have great respect, they're non-denominationalists. The fact is as Christians, we will disagree on certain things. Amen? You put ten Baptist pastors in a room, and guess what? Those ten Baptist pastors are probably going to disagree on a whole lot of things. Amen? They will. Me and Brother Colby, we found out we disagree on certain things. Right? We talked about it even during the pastor search committee. We talked about it, but it's okay. Some things it's okay if we disagree on. We agree on the right things. Amen? And that's what's important is that we agree on the right things. We agree on the fundamentals and, and some of the rest of that stuff. We just agree to disagree and it's okay. And we don't need to allow it to cause a division in us to where we're battling against one another and we're tearing one another down. And as we're tearing one another down, Satan is just laughing his head off because he's had his way. Amen? And so as we begin to think about this, that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but we do have a struggle against somebody. As we look at this and begin to recognize this, he, he, he goes on in verse 12, he says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. So clearly, we do have a spiritual struggle. We do have a spiritual battle. It's against, it's, it's against the rulers. It's against the powers. It's against the world forces. It's against the darkness. It's against the spiritual forces of wickedness. And so as we look at that, we look at the rulers and the powers and the world forces of this darkness and the spiritual forces, we realize that what these are, we realize who these are, we realize that these are demons. They are demonic entities and they are demonic forces. And so we begin to see that as the Bible tells us, you know, in, in the uh, with, with the angels, in the angels, we see that you know there, there's the archangel, and so he seems to be kind of the top dog angel. And then we have the cherubim, and we have the seraphim, and we have different angels. And so apparently, uh, in the in the uh, on God's side, there is different rankings within the angels. And so apparently, in that same way, we see on the demonic side, we see that with demons, those demons, we have. 
have different rankings on the demonic side. And so apparently, you know, maybe the uh, world forces, those are the demons that are going after the world governments and the world leaders to try to get them to do some of the different uh, wicked things that they do. But there are different rankings and there are different jobs and responsibilities apparently of those individual uh, demons and those demon entities. And so when we look at the truth of the Word of God, what we find, we find in Isaiah chapter 14, we find a rebellion that took place. And in that rebellion, here it was that Satan tried to exalt his throne above the very throne of God. In fact, it was Lucifer before the fall. He was the brilliant one. He was the shining one. He was the glowing one. He was the beautiful one. And so when we look at that, here it was that Lucifer allowed pride to enter into his heart. And as he allowed pride to enter into his heart, he tried to exalt his throne up above the throne of the Most High. Instead, what happened is he ended up getting cast down. And as he ended up getting cast down, he became that great red dragon. And as he became that great red dragon, no longer Lucifer, no longer the brilliant one, no longer that beautiful one, but now this ugly, vile dragon. And so as he was cast out of heaven, the Bible says he took his tail and he swept down with him one-third of the stars of the sky. They're not physical stars or suns as we would call them today. Those are angels that have fallen and one-third of those angels have fallen. And now today we call them demons. There's an innumerable amount of demons. Now, Satan is not like God. Satan is not almighty. Satan is not all-knowing. And Satan is not everywhere present. But he does have an innumerable amount of demons within his army, and they're everywhere. And they're active, they're busy. And as they're active and they're busy, we need to be active and we need to be busy as well, understanding that as children of God, we do have a struggle. And this is who it's against. Let's look at again at verse 12. In verse 12, he says, For our struggle is not against flesh. But look at every single time one of these powers are mentioned or one of these entities are mentioned, he uses the word against time and time and time again. So it's not against flesh and blood, but it is against the rulers. It is against the powers. It is against the world forces of darkness and the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. So God is coming to us and He's letting us know, just in case you don't get this, let me make it as clear as I possibly can. And he repeats himself time and time and time again. It's not against flesh and blood. But this is who it is against. You do have a real enemy. Now that doesn't mean that when we begin to think about that, we see cults and we see uh, those uh, uh, other religions that are not of God and are not of biblical uh, that are not biblical. It doesn't mean uh, that that we don't stand against them. Certainly, we do stand against them. Certainly, we stand against humanism. Certainly, we stand against atheism. Certainly, we stand against anything that opposes the truth of God and opposes the truth of the Word of God. But we recognize is that the Bible calls that a doctrine of demons. Amen? Doctrine of demons. 
It's not against the flesh and blood. It's against the doctrine of demons that they have been duped into believing and adhere to. So the more we recognize that, the more we recognize that we're not in a flesh and blood battle, we're in a spiritual battle. And if we're going to be successful in this battle, we need to engage in this battle spiritually. Not physically. It's not an intellectual battle. It's not a philosophical battle. It's not a battle that sometimes I have a conversation with somebody and then Come back later, I, th- I think to myself, after they leave, they're, they're gone. And I think to myself, if I would only said this, or if I'd only said that, right? In fact, I do that all the time. I, I should have said this to her, I should have said that to her. Well, Holy Spirit didn't tell me to say that at that moment in that time. And maybe a good thing I didn't, because there's many times that I've stepped into the flesh, and I did say things that I think later on, well, I shouldn't have said that. And I shouldn't have said that. Because, boy, I just made a mess out of things. Amen? Amen. And so when we begin to think about that, we need to be led of the Spirit of God and we need to engage in this battle spiritually and not physically because we can and we will make a mess out of things. Amen? Now, y'all know I'm telling the truth, so you can give me a better amen than that. Amen? Amen. Because I know you've been there too. So when we look at this, we recognize who that spiritual battle is against. It's against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces, against the darkness, against uh, uh, the world forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness. Which represents the different levels of demonic activity and spiritual authorities. That's who we're, that, that's who the battle is against. But where is it? It is in the heavenly places. In the heavenly places. And so when we get to think about, well, we're in the flesh, right? We're in the flesh, we live in the flesh, we operate in the flesh, we can't see the heavenly places, we can't in the flesh operate in the heavenly places. They have angels around us, they have demons around us, but we don't see them. God can allow them to be revealed, and they can reveal themselves if they so choose, but, you know, for the most part, we don't see them, and, you know, we, if we did, if we did, probably terrify us, we'd probably go run and hide under our bed or something if we could see what's going on in the spiritual realm. But so, as we live and we operate and we exists in the physical realm the question then is how is it that we're going to fight a battle within the spiritual realm fortunately the bible tells us in second corinthians chapter 10 beginning in verse 3 what we find here is a the Word of God telling us how that we engage within this spiritual battle and how we uh, have victory within this spiritual battle. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning in verse 3, the Bible says right here, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. This really sounds just like what, what the Apostle Paul said there to the church of Ephesus that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but, Right? So though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. 
For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. So that's where it gets interesting. So what is the purpose of these weapons of warfare? What is the purpose of engaging in spiritual warfare? It's for the purpose of destroying fortresses. And we have these divinely powerful weapons for the destruction of fortresses, these divinely powerful weapons that are not weapons of the flesh, but are spiritual weapons. Verse 5 says we're destroying speculations and every lofty thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking, away, uh, taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, and we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. So a couple of things to take in mind right here. Who he is talking to? He's talking to the Christian right here. Whenever your obedience is complete. So where does spiritual warfare start? Spiritual warfare starts within you. Amen? Spiritual warfare doesn't start out there. Spiritual warfare starts in you. We're tearing down fortresses. We have spiritually powerful weapons for the purpose. And we're going to start talking about what those weapons are next week. But we're going to have, we have spiritually powerful weapons, divinely powerful weapons for the purpose of the destruction of fortresses. So we ask ourselves the question, well, what then is a fortress? Fortress is a wall. It's what a fortress is. It's a wall. It's keep the good folks in, keep them safe, and keep them protected, and keep the bad folks out, and keep them where they belong. But it's interesting that there within that text of Scripture, it says we're tearing down every lofty thought that is raised up against the knowledge of God. Sometimes within our own heart, sometimes within our own mind, sometimes within our own spirit, that of the Christian, that of the child of God, we allow those fortresses to raise up within our life, within our mind. Say, say, say that this sanctuary right here is our mind, and over here there are the thoughts of God. They're, they're the thoughts of God, the thinking of God, these biblical thoughts that I know God can, and I have the faith in God, and I trust in God, and thus saith the Lord God. But then there is a wall that is raised up right here in the middle. This wall that is raised up right here in the middle on this side you have on the same mind, right? It's the exact same mind. On this side you have but. But what if? And only if. I think he can. Maybe. Possibly. Could be. Well, I have to build myself up first. It's one of the biggest lies Satan tells. Because remember, you can't, you never can, you never will be able to, but he can. And he always will be able to. 
And so what we have to do is we have to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And how we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, you have to tear down those walls. You have to tear down those walls that keep the things of God over here and the things of the flesh and of the world and the thoughts that Satan puts in your mind over here. Maybe it's not evenly divided 50-50. Maybe it's two-thirds. Maybe it's just a tiny fraction, but the fact is it doesn't matter. We have to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And once that wall is torn down, okay, God, now I'm ready. I'm ready. Amen? But realize this is a daily process. Salvation is a one-time experience. You're saved, you're born again, you're bought in the blood of Jesus Christ, you're sealed in the Holy Spirit to the day of redemption. You're saved to the uttermost. Battle is a daily battle. It's a daily struggle, it's a daily fight. Every day, Satan in the flesh is trying to introduce you to more and more and more and more of his lies and his schemes. Because remember in verse 11, what we looked at yesterday, it says, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against what? The schemes of the devil. He's relentless in those schemes. Never stop. The Bible does tell us to resist the devil and he will flee from you. Those walls that divide the thoughts of God and the thoughts of the world and the thoughts of Satan, those walls must be torn down. Amen? They have to be torn down. The good news is, as we put on the full armor of God, we recognize that the full armor of God is Jesus. We'll look more in depth at that next week as we begin to start talking about what the full armor of God is. But who's our battle against? Our battle is against the rulers, it's against the powers, it's against the world forces of darkness, it's against the spiritual forces of wickedness. That's who it's against. So when Satan is trying to tell you you're not good enough, you can't, you're not smart enough, you're not strong enough, you don't have enough wisdom. Romans chapter 13 verse 12 tells us the night is almost gone and the day is near. Therefore let us lay aside the deeds of the darkness and put on the armor of light. Who is the armor of light? That is Jesus. So lay aside all of the things of the flesh and put on the armor of light, which is Jesus, and walk in Jesus. Who's those struggles against? Who's those battles against? The rulers, the powers, the world forces of darkness, the spiritual forces of wickedness. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 tells us Jesus is at the right hand of God having gone into heaven for after angels and authorities and powers have been subjected to Him. 
who is the angels and the powers and the authorities been subjected to? To Jesus. He has all authority, even over them. Colossians chapter 2, beginning in verse 13, tells us this. For He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. We begin to look at chapter 2 in verse 13. It says right here, because... He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and brought us into His marvelous light because of that truth. The Bible tells us, and when you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, He made you alive together with Him, having forgiven us of all of our transgressions. So we're forgiven, we're born again, we're brought out of the domain of darkness, we're brought into His marvelous light. Verse 14 says, Having canceled out the certificate of death, consisting of decrees against you, which... Um, which was hostile to us, and He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. What is that certificate of decrees? That is against us, that's our sins. Our sins are now wiped out. Wiped away. Cast out as far as the east is from the rest, west, verse 15. And when He had disarmed the rulers and authorities, disarmed who? The rulers and the authorities. When he disarmed them, he made a public display of them. So not only did he disarm them, he utterly humiliated them. <laughs> Jesus did. Having triumphed over them through him. So when the devil tells you, you're not good enough. Just agree with them. You're right. <laughs> I'm not good enough. When the devil tells you, oh, you've just blown it way too many times, just tell them, oh, devil, you're right. I have blown it just way too many times, a whole lot more than I should have. When the devil tells you you'll never make it. Just agree with him. Oh, you're right. No, I'm never going to make it. <laughs> but the good news is, devil, I don't have to make it because Jesus already made it for me and my faith is not in me. My faith is in Jesus Christ and I'm tearing down every lofty thought that is raised up against the knowledge of Christ. So get behind me, devil. I'm not walking in me. I'm walking in Jesus. Because He's already done for me everything that needs to be done and I'm not going to look at me anymore and my failures and uh, my shortcomings and uh, all my disappointments. I'm not going to look at those things anymore. Because Jesus has already made the way for me.
The greatest text of Scripture of love is this, Romans 5 For God demonstrated His own love towards us. When? Not after we got everything all straightened out and polished up and shining and looking good. While we were yet still sinners. Why? Because there's not a thing in the world we can do about our sin. Nothing we can do about how we got there. Nothing we can do about us being there. And nothing that we can do about us getting out of there. But as the praise team makes their way up here this morning, but praise God that Jesus did. Amen. And he's no respecter of persons. If he did it for me, guess what? He'll do it for you. And he'll do it for the next person and the next person and the next person and the next person. And faith in that saves us. Saves us. As you stand this morning. Faith in that very truth is what we need for salvation, that we put our faith and trust in the fact that, yes, I am a sinner, but Jesus went to the cross to die for me, to die for my sin. You're saved, and you're saved once and for all. But every day, by faith, I continue to walk in that truth, not to be re-saved, but to be strengthened and renewed and encouraged to continue walking by faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? Every day, we need to hold on to that truth. Every moment. Are you saved today? Do you know that you know that you know that this morning you're truly, genuinely saved? If not, friends, would you come? Come on up here. I'd be more than happy to introduce you to Jesus. He loves you. He wants to save you. But if you're here today and you know that you're saved, you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, you know that. That old enemy just keeps pounding you down, beating you down, keeps casting you to the ground in that struggle. Remind him this morning that he's already defeated. Stand up in faith and walk in Christ. I'll be happy to pray with you over any particular struggle, any particular battle. This altar's open. You can turn these chairs into altars. You come and give it to the Lord as he leads. Right now as the praise team is leading in song, God stirs in your heart. You come.